It's Monday, July 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analyst Jason Moser and Taylor Muckerman. Gentlemen, happy Monday. Hey, hey. now. How are we feeling? Good weekends? Great weekend. Yeah, good, good weekend. Good. Good. Uh, keep busy. Uh, great weekend. Yeah. Can't complain. You, what, what made it so great? You, you know, you elaborate a little bit here. You know, I, would, I, I was going to get to this later, but I, I, <laughs> I basically detailed one of our cars. Not, not like no. professionally, but I really got in there, cleaned out the inside. It was incredible. It feels good. Oh, it feels real good. <laughs> it was so good that I kept making my wife come out and look at it. She's like, no, I saw it earlier, but I'm like the guy that does the good thing and so wants to take the victory lap. Here's the question. Okay, this is the test. Were Q-tips involved? You know, that's interesting. They were not, and, and that that is phase two because that's oh, how you get. Is that okay, your recommendation so for getting? Well, no. Now that you've introduced that idea, I think so. You have I just to. made you up get phase the armor two. All. You get the armor all on the Q-tips, and you really go to town yeah. and like the little nooks and crannies. Okay, good. Where you know you kids get gummy bears stuck. The cup on holders in the back and, seats. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, sounds like I've got some work to do. Well, <laughs> Next okay. weekend. Well, guys, on today's show, we're going to talk a little about the war on cash and Amazon's Prime. Day officially kicking off. We're going to get into that. But let's begin with the ongoing soap opera that is Papa John's. <laughs> and this story, this is this is a mess. More fallouts from reports that founder John Schnatter used a racial slur, the N-word, in a conversation with the company's former media agency. Now, that happened last week, Jason. Schnatter acknowledged using the slur. He said it was in the context of a training exercise, and he resigned as chairman well, now Papa John's has decided to evict Schnatter from the company's headquarters. They're scrubbing all their marketing, you know, trying to get rid of him from all their marketing materials, and they're going to review all the ties that the company has with him. But the company is named Papa John's. What do they do? What isn't tied to him? Well, yeah, I mean, this is this is a like you said, it's just a it's a really tough situation. I mean, I, I I mean, I think they are ultimately doing the right thing in trying to take action here quickly as opposed to sort of deliberating what they may or may not want to do. I mean, it there's he's already he's already sort of fanned the flames in regard to other issues. Uh, whether it was the NFL situation, I mean, it just it, he has had a really not good couple of years, and, and so I think this really shines the light on the risks involved with any business where the individual is so closely associated with the brand. And I mean, it's in the name, Papa John's. Yep. His likeness is on the pizza boxes, and so. I think they're they're smart to try to get out in front of this thing and it erase it erases existence. I mean, I don't know that people were buying the pizza because of him. I think people buy the pizza because they either like it or it's just really easy to do it from the app on your phone. Yeah, um, and, this, and they are getting his face off the box. Yeah, and I mean, this just gives you the opportunity to set this business up for success for many years to come if you can. Navigate this this deaffiliation, so to speak. So Taylor, what do you do here if you're Papa John's? Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Um, certainly, it's going to involve some costs. Uh, have to retape probably every single commercial they've they've had over the last five to ten years. Um, so probably won't be seeing any Papa John's uh, spots during your commercial breaks over the next few months. But it seems like they're going full bore. So it's going to be probably a little costly and. Uh, um, they're going to be busy over there in the Papa John's marketing department. I mean, he owns a good chunk of shares. That doesn't mean he can just do whatever he wants to do. And really, that is the benefit of having a board and mm -hmm. having uh, leadership that is somewhat separated from executives or founders, in that you're not just 
stuck with one person calling all the shots. And Peyton Manning's no longer a quarterback. He's sold his stores, but maybe you know, he'll come out of retirement what's and be the, over the, under? Be the new what's, CEO of Papa What's Jones? the over-under on Peyton Manning starting some Pizza Hut franchises <laughs> yeah, now that Pizza Hut's the NFL? Or do you rename it like Peyton Manning's Pizza? <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> or, mean, or, or PJ's? I think a lot of people would, would, would probably still feel like Peyton and, and John are a little bit too, too tight. tight. There's still there's yeah. too much association there. Well, well, this quote really struck me. Um, Papa John's is based in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and a former Papa John's marketing director, a guy named Gary Langstaff, had this to say about Schnatter's problems. He said, "Quote: When you have an ego the size of Louisville, you say things <laughs> without considering the ramifications." Certainly. Yep. So, is this once again? I want to. I've, I've got to really. I've got to. I've got to trademark this. But it's the Matt Greer Humility Index. <laughs> this guy lacks humility. He has a big mouth, and when you throw in kind of the racial insensitivity, then you've got a bad, bad combination. I like that. The Matt Greer. Say that again. The Matt. Greer. It's the Matt Greer Humility Index. Okay, because see that was kind of like, the most. The most humble CEOs I know, like like Jim Senegal. Not that I know a lot of CEOs. Okay, but well, I was waiting until I was waiting until this, this conversation was going towards it's a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you know, I just think that that humility, humility is it's it's a business advantage. It's not just a nice attribute. It's a business advantage. I 100% agree, and and I like that you're coining uh, phrases with your own name in them. I think that's that's, that's true. Good. Very humi- that's very a humble. very humble fact. <laughs> that, that is so that is so true. <laughs> Last week, you know, I was I'm looking pathetic. at Costco's June comps, and I, I remember I was showing you, and that was what we coined the Matt Greer effect, right? I mean, that was yeah. like, oh, your your bump on. Okay, Costco's let's talk sales. my name out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want my name in it. M G H I. That's a fair I, point. I think you have hit Gosh. on a very important issue. Then, in all seriousness, because clearly he lacks the humility needed. Uh, I think you see other CEOs out there that are figuring out ways to sort of tap dance around these types of things too. Uh, yeah, let's, I mean, let's use Elon Musk as an example, just because recently he, he got in a skirmish on Twitter and blah 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 blah. I mean, but that's not the first time he's done that. Now you look at Elon Musk and Tesla. Now Elon's likeness is not used for Tesla, and Tesla doesn't have his name in it. But that association is so close that he has to be very careful with stuff like that. Oh, for sure. And whether it was this back and forth with someone in regard to the to the cave rescue, or it was this, this, this Republican political contributions. Yeah. I mean, you see people on Twitter now going crazy. Well, I'm canceling my Tesla order because I don't want to have it. It's like, all right, whatever. Just, yeah. But, I mean, you just see the the problems when you have a company that is so levered to the individual. So, the right. individual has to be able to temper themselves. you got to learn when to just shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. And in today's day and age, it's very easy to, to be heard anywhere, anytime. And, and uh, it, it's easy for us to sit here and say it. I think it's just a little bit more difficult in practice. I mean, people who are that successful, particularly that quickly, I mean, Part of it is the hubris that got them there, mm-hmm. and then having to figure out how to temper that is, is maybe a little bit more difficult. Okay, well, I'm going to take your advice. Now it's just the humility index, and I'm not <laughs> trademarking it. Anyone can use it. I am keeping the Matt Greer. No, 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 no. no, no I want purposes. that out. I wish I had never said that. <laughs> I apologize. Okay, Time. shares of Arconics surging on buyout rumors, and Taylor. Um, when when I heard this story, I guess my first big question was. What is Arconic? And then I, I, I did some Cracker Jack research, and they make aeronautical parts out of aluminum. Mm-hmm. And um, this is never a phrase you want to see. A Bloomberg story characterized Arconic as, quote, a beleaguered 
manufacturer. Yeah, so this company uh, was born out of Alcoa, which was tr- traditionally the company that kicks off earnings season every quarter. But uh, yeah, they split this company in half not too long ago, and Alcoa kept the aluminum producing side. Arconic got the aluminum parts manufacturing side. So as you mentioned, aerospace is big. Automotive is very big for this company. Um, haven't been performing as well as one would expect, uh, given the growth in aeronautical spending and and the continued. Re- Surge in the automotive sector, um, but this all started in January when the trade talk started emerging and aluminum and steel prices plummeted. So this company, until this morning, was down about 50% from its 52-week high back in January. Uh, so tough time for shareholders, and and likely why the private equity groups that have been mentioned, one being Apollo, uh, are rumored to be interested in buying this company out as the share price has taken such a dive. So if you're a shareholder right now, what do you do? Do you do you get out? Um, you know, it's tough to say. I think the I don't know if you're going to see much more price appreciation in the near term if these trade talks continue this way. So I'd say keep keep holding and, and wait to see if there's a competitive bid because they mentioned multiple uh, companies out there are rumored to be interested. So maybe you get a private equity bidding war, drive the share price up a little bit more. But in terms of uh, the global markets and the stock price, I don't see too much more appreciation until the trade talks are tempered. They did just sign a, uh, or extend a big contract with Boeing uh, this morning, so that could also have a, a impact on the stock price today. But that's not necessarily enough to get me over uh, the, the weight that's being held down on aluminum prices right now. And Jason, a good day for Bank of America shares up on better than expected earnings. What's the story here with BOA? Yeah, not a not a bad quarter at all. I mean, love them or hate them, I think these guys have come a long way since the financial crisis. And I mean, we remember it wasn't all that long ago where we were at a point where we're talking about nationalizing our our banks here. And so, I mean, that that I think we saw Bank of America touch around three dollars and fifty cents per share at that point because there was a question as to whether it would even be able to. Uh, Continue on in its in its uh, in its current form, but uh, I you know I think Bank of America has done a good job of capitalizing a little bit on Wells Fargo's mistakes. I mean I think Bank of America for a long time was the easy name to drag through the mud, and Wells Fargo was sort of the the better bank, you know. And the we've wagon. seen that it conversation was old reliable change. that wagon. Yeah, well, we've seen that conversation <laughs> change considerably, and and so consequently, I mean Bank of America continues to to grow. Total average deposits uh, consistently quarter in and quarter out. That's good. I don't. The problem I think that big banks are going to have here is as we get into this environment where interest rates start to rise, and that gives banks the ability to make a little bit more money on their net interest income line because they can earn a little bit more money than they're than they're actually paying out. If we look at our personal saving rate today in this country, it's around three percent. I mean, it's it's at an all-time low. Basically, mm-hmm. people aren't saving money, and part of that is maybe people don't feel like they have as much money to save. I think part of that is that when you look at something like a traditional savings account today versus what we grew up with, a savings account is not a, a, a way to generate wealth anymore. You're not going to see any competitive interest rates in a savings account. Not like we used to see, at least. And so I, I, I just, it doesn't surprise me that there aren't as many people socking away as many dollars in savings accounts and whatnot. I think going forward, we look at things like index funds, ETFs, and those are perhaps better vehicles for wealth generation. I think an S and P index fund is 
on, on a risk-adjusted basis, when you consider inflation and everything, I, I think it's it's a lower risk form of saving than an actual savings account. To be honest, it's wild with you. to consider. Yeah. And it is wild to consider. But when you look at it over longer stretches of time, if you just dollar cost average into mm-hmm. an index fund, an S and P index fund, you're gonna do better. You just will. And and so I think probably some people are looking at that as an option. Thankfully, Bank of America does have an investment wing in the business, so I, I think they'll continue to be okay. It's a huge bank, but again, we look at these big banks, they're so unknowable. Um, I don't know that I view them as the as most attractive investment opportunities. Okay, guys, and let's keep it on the subject of cash, cash money, and bust open the full mailbag. We got a great email from Eric Wallace. Eric writes, Hey there. Can the Gang of Fools explain a little more about this so-called war on money? MasterCard, Visa, PayPal owns Venmo. Everyone loves some Venmo. My wife uses Venmo. Everyone, but me for now, uses Venmo. How does all this fit in? Eric goes on to ask, how is PayPal slash Venmo not going to crush the rest? Do we need all these cards aside from the mileage and benefits cards? I mean, it's a good question, and I think the initial way to approach something like that, like this, is to to view it as not being a zero sum game. It is not a market where there is going to be just one winner, and that was really the purpose behind the the basket. Is that when you look at the this Jason Moser war on cash basket? Well, I like to consider this. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you said it, not me. I'm going to maintain. Some humility here. Um, I I think it was more about identifying how a number of these companies, their positions, identifying their positions in the value chain, and then recognizing their competitive strengths. And what's in that basket again? For yeah, and I mean, I'm sure people are probably sick of it at this point, and you're going to get sick of it next week too, because next week the basket's actually a year old, Mac. Okay. Uh, But it is Mastercard, Visa, PayPal, and Square. The basic idea: buy all four companies in equal amounts and just let the basket go. Um, and that way, you're not trying to pick just one winner. You can pick a lot of winners. Uh, to the point on PayPal, I like PayPal a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, actually, in in the basket thus far since inception, while Square is outperforming them all, uh, Mastercard is outperforming PayPal. And it's worth noting too that all four companies are outperforming the market individually, so it's it's done well. But I think the basic idea behind the basket was instead of trying to pick one winner, try to pick a few of the companies that we know are really leading the way. And if you can put your money down on four winners, well, maybe that's a little bit more a risk-friendly way to to get exposure to the space and participate in what I think is one of the bigger long-term trends out there. And that's sort of this move away from cash towards more electronic payments. Yeah, war on cash, not war on money. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very good point. Okay, guys, and let's close with Amazon's Prime Day, which is officially here. We've got (laughs) 36 hours of deals exclusively for Prime members. Now, Jason, we're going to talk about what we want to buy in a minute. (laughs) But first, as an investor, as an Amazon shareholder, how meaningful is Prime Day? How much attention should I be paying? Well, I think it's just important to recognize the strength of Amazon as a business that they can do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're essentially just like. You know, when you go into the bathroom in the morning and you turn on the water on your sink, Amazon can just turn the water on at any given point in time, and, and sales come out, right? I mean, that's just <laughs> <laughs> sales. And, and so, I think as an investor, uh, it is important just to note how easy it is for them to execute this. Uh, they're making it a little bit longer, I think, this year, yeah, 36 hours. And half, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, doesn't really cost them anything to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a little additional marketing and awareness, but it really does uh, create more. Uh, I, I think it creates a more powerful brand in Prime 
Yeah. I think, don't you? Yeah, I'll be interested to see how the third-party sellers get involved and continue to grow that uh, marketplace that's not necessarily tied to Amazon and their own inventory. It's more or less people using it as a platform to sell and then pay Amazon a fee in response. But tons of buzz around this, and now you've got Whole Foods involved. Um, and so, certainly, I don't think it's a make or break for the company, but you, yeah. you definitely don't want to see a year-over-year decline in the, in the use of Prime Day, um, because that might signal something. But I'm just looking forward to uh, seeing all the Amazon boxes in my condo building <laughs> nice. stack up nice. in the next couple of days. So, so, what are we buying? Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything particular in mind, but it's nice to poke around see if you can find some gift ideas for for folks over the summer, some birthdays, anniversary stuff. I mean, I've got a specific thing in mind here. I was spending the weekend doing some repair work to our deck at our house, and so the next task for me is going to be I'm going to basically replace all of the boards on our front porch. Our front porch is 40 feet long. That is so impressive. So it's, it's it's long. It's a lot of wood, and so I have to go in there Take all this stuff out, put all this new in. I'm getting a nail gun because there's no nice. way. I mean, that's that's like 40 feet of like a lot of nails. So I need a nail gun to do it. I got my $10 credit from the purchase I made at Whole Foods last week. I'm getting me a nail gun. Man. That's great. And do you have those skills, or is this going to be kind yeah. of a, well? No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I do not. Doing, I do not. You do not want me putting your porch in. You can I, trade car washes for porch repair. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I grew up. I was. I I rode a lot of. I, I was big. BMX guy, like not motocross, but like bicycles. So, I mean, when I was a kid, I built a lot of ramps and that was a <laughs> lot of wooden nails. And so, like, when you're talking about decks, you just throw a few joist hangers in there and, and that's you just. It, it's, it's all kind of putting putting pieces of a puzzle together. It's kind of I, I'm going to stick to the detailing, baby steps, <laughs> Q tips. That's what I need to find. I want to find like a new. And maybe you have suggestions, but some great cleaning product for the interior of cars. Hmm. So not Are just using Armor, Armor All is great, Armor-all's, and, yeah. and I got this other thing from Amazon that I like. But I know there's something else. So if anyone out there has a, a suggestion, you know, that gets the muck out without you know getting too into hey, it, now. you know, then anything, anything you can recommend, marketfoolery at fool.com. Or actually, if you just have questions or comments about other stocks, I got what you need. Getting the muck out, the gunk, sticky stuff. Yeah, you got to get that goo gone. Goo gone. It's like yeah. orange what scented. Is, oh, nice. It's, it's called goo gone, mm-hmm. and it's like an orange scented cleaner that removes gum and gummy bears, like whatever it is. It it it, it does pretty well. I like that. Yeah. Okay, Jason Taylor. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Salute. Thanks, um, as always, for listening. People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer, but I don't like to talk about myself. Thanks for listening, <laughs> and we will see you tomorrow.